Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs> hey, all you candy sluts and bubble butts. Welcome back to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm one of your hosts, Emily. I'm Shelby. And I'm Cactus. And Leo, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. So my name is uh, Leo Salanganisa. I am a drag queen currently living in Los Angeles. I'm from San Jose, California. And uh, before that, I was like living in San Francisco. Um, But I am here to talk about law, which everyone wants to learn about. So um, uh, and but you know, before I was a drag artist, I was doing sex work and I still am. And so um, that kind of evolved into a passion Weirdly, for like academia, so then my research focus in grad school was a lot about sex work, and then eventually I dropped out of dropped out of studying sex work, but still kept doing it, which is like you know best of both worlds. And so now I'm here, and I'm happy to be here. So thank you for having me. Left out the part where you went viral on TikTok, but don't worry, oh, yes. we'll hype you. We'll hype you up for you. <laughs> yes, that happened. I forgot. <laughs> That's why I'm here. So. <laughs> Yeah, your TikTok went so viral that I was seeing it on like my non-sex work Instagram. <laughs> like, um, but it, it, I was so glad that I was able to see it because then I sent it over to Candy Girls Instagram and we posted it on our story. Um, since that TikTok, Sissia has died. However, um, that does not mean there aren't going to be other bills proposed that are harmful towards sex workers. So even though we're celebrating that the bill died, we are still trying to fight for sex workers' rights and um, be wary of future bills. But um, Leah, would you kind of explain to anybody who doesn't know what CESIA is, what the bill is and what it does? Yeah. So, oh, thank you for bringing that up because, um, uh, so the bill is uh, the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act, and it was introduced by um, these two senators who are uh, Jeff Merkley and Ben Sass. So it's it's both Republican and Democrat. I forgot who's who. But that bill, it was introduced on December 18th. So that was uh, not even a month ago um, at the end of last Congress. And then I did go viral talking about that, which is really funny because I, I guess I didn't know like the extent to which you know what? I think I was pretty aware of like how big-ish that video became because of like all the hate mail I was like getting. <laughs> you know, I learned that cash is pronounced cash, not cake, among many things. But that bill, it, um, you know, like many bills before it, it is an attempt to, on the surface, you know, it's saying that um, uh, pornographic uploads are requiring verification uh, and uh, kind of hotline and uh, it kind of uh, makes platforms more accountable for uploading material that might be abusive or illegal. 
but at the same time, um, because if it's bad writing, like if you want to think about it in an in, innocuous way, it's bad writing, like in quotes, um, kind of, it does a lot of things that are weird. Like it would ban pornographic downloads, which is how a lot of sex workers make money. That itself is not even identified. So a lot of people were saying, well, technically, maybe even visiting any not safe for work website would um, be illegal under this bill. And then other weird things like it kind of, um, it because of its language, it made video uploads legal in accordance with state state to age of consent laws, which um, technically creates like grounds for like underage pornography to be uploaded. Although like the debate is like, would that actually be enforced? Um, and a lot of people like myself think probably not, but it's still a bad bill for that reason. So yeah, that's just the broad overview. It's just this really horrible uh, bill. And then I made that TikTok because maybe because of like the COVID cycle or like the whatever insurrection that was happening that week, like it just wasn't being talked about. And so I was like, well, I'm trying to do more like transformation videos anyways. So like, I might as well like talk about, you know, legal stuff, harming people while I put on makeup and a costume. So does that answer the question? Was that like a... Yeah, no, that's exactly what we wanted to know. So, so yeah, this is not the first time we've seen a bill similar to this. Um, we talked about the Earn It Act in a previous episode. And of course, FOSSA-SESTA is a huge one. So sex workers, <laughs> arguably, honestly, not even arguably, are being targeted, especially by the government. So yeah, because we are seeing bill after bill that's targeting sex workers, that's the reason why a lot of sex workers are preparing themselves for another one, even though Sissia has died. I guess, Leia, in your opinion, like, what's the threat of sex work? I guess, like, do you mean, like, um, why is everyone, like, cracking down, like, right now? Like, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, you know, what isn't the threat? It's a patriarchal, like, cis-hetero, white supremacist government, like, that has always cracked down on sex workers. I think what's interesting now, oh, actually, yeah, that's, you know, what's interesting now, because sex work has seen not a lot, but, like, such freedom, like, online. Like, during the pandemic, kind of OnlyFans was, like, the word of the year last year, because that's when, um, like, subscriber-based sex work that was online, like, entered, like, the public imagination, you know what I mean? And so Cecilia, in many ways, was, like, a retaliation against that, and you can't really argue that it wasn't, because it's so, it's uncanny how, like, it addresses... Um, how people were just like surviving during the, during the pandemic, how that bill was threatening that. But I think it's interesting that, yeah, as you said, the you know, there's this misconception that the bill is dead. It is dead in terms of like the congressional calendar expired, so it would have to be reintroduced. But in my opinion, and not to be like, you know, doomsday 2012, but like, it's in, in my opinion, it's inevitable that some form of it will be reintroduced and will pass because it's just, there's just no way it won't because it, you know, that kind of legislation has such bipartisan support and, uh, you know, the Democratic Party doesn't really care about protecting sex workers or NSFW creators, you know, because the Democrats also passed FOSTA-SESTA and Kamala Harris was like one of the biggest supporters of it. So it's, you know, it can, that question kind of scares me because it's like, the threat 
I mean, for kind of obvious reasons, it will always be a threat, but kind of the way it's getting cracked down, like we've kind of never really seen before, like sex work online being targeted and being inflated with like trafficking, you know? So I hope that answers the question. But I think, in my opinion, it's only the, um, uh, you know, kind of the the crackdown is only really kind of increasing. Yeah, I, as a sex worker too, I've definitely seen, especially since SESTA-FOSTA, I think that was one of the things that really started this like tumbleweed of things just getting <laughs> worse and worse for us. Um I saw your tweet um, calling out APAG Union, and I saw that they blocked you. So I was interesting, like interested to hear about that story and what if that's resolved or why you think they blocked you and what you were trying to speak about. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, now that you bring it up, I low-key regret those tweets because I was a little too like you motherfuckers, like, you know, like I was maybe a little too aggressive, but I was really annoyed because, you know, I had just come off of, um, cause you know, I made those TikToks, they went really viral. And then, um, I was getting all this kind of, uh, mail, like messages about how people should respond in reaction to it. So people were just, and still are in this and have been in this mindset of like, Oh, holy shit. And then, so kind of to see, uh, this organization, which is like the adults, Performing Actors Guild, I believe, kind of, I mean, you know, I'm not, I wasn't that nuanced, TBH, because my TikTok was 60 seconds and there was a lot in there I did not expand upon. And so there's a lot of people like criticizing me for. So I get it because they were tweeting about the bill dying. They only had 300 characters to tweet. So it's not necessarily their fault. Like They're not bad people. They don't do bad work. But I was kind of, you know, like perturbed because the tweet was like, oh, the bill is dead. Like it's a victory. But then um, in my mind, it, you know, especially if you're a union, you shouldn't say that because it's, it's kind of like a blanket statement. Like, oh, it's gone. You know what I mean? And it, it had only been like three weeks since the bill was introduced. And granted, the congressional calendar refreshed. So technically the bill was like out the door. But, um, you know, FOSTA-SESTA took 13 months to be passed you know but that was in the same congress so you can argue well it's the same congress blah 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 blah. but like you know uh, the threat of cecilia uh, you know it had it was still just like three and a half weeks old when they tweeted that so i kind of messaged them and i was uh i kind of maybe passed it aggressively i don't know i've been accused but i was i said like oh it's irresponsible to say that because then a lot of people, it kind of kills the movement and, you know, people are just now educating themselves about like what this is, how to prevent it, who to donate to. And so for like the union to say like, oh, no, there's nothing to worry about, you know? And then I kind I, I think I wasn't the only one. I was not the only one definitely um, saying this to them because other people I saw were also saying, well, technically the bill can't die because for the bill to die, the issue has to die. So, you know, human trafficking has to end or like sex worker phobia has to end. That didn't happen. And so it's like, you know, I messaged and then they were kind of just like, oh, you're, I, you know, I, I interpreted it as like, oh, you're wrong. Like we we clarified or we're going to clarify. And then they issued a clarification that wasn't really a clarification in my mind because it still wasn't really summoning people as to what to do. And if you know my background, like, um, you know, I, I'm an activist, I'm an organizer. I started in ethnic studies in San Francisco. And so like my background is in like 
teaching, like critical race. In addition to sucking dick, my background is in teaching uh, anti-racism. And so I, <laughs> I was really perturbed and from kind of an activist point of view, I was like, this isn't really good mobilization. Like you should kind of do better. But you know, like those girls, like they have, maybe it was mean of me because you know, they're also, they have, you know, their faces on the cover of like the header on Twitter. So it, they're not bad people at all. Like they're very good people, but it was just like, ah, like we don't need at the moment when everyone is just getting educated. Like we don't need the union to say like nothing to worry about. And then they, what also what also bothered me, if you want the tea, uh, maybe it's not really tea, but <laughs> they were they met with the Senate committee that introduced the bill because like the committee has to introduce the bill for it to get to the floor. And the committee was like, told them like, oh yeah, well, you know, the bill died. But it's also like, well, that is the, what's the committee, that's what they're supposed to tell you because they're the committee. It's like kind of saying, you know, I don't know what the example would be. Like, are you going to prosecute Donald Trump? And then the Democrats have to say, well, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but is that going to happen? I don't, you know what I mean? It's kind of like formality, you know? And so, and then they kind of said like, oh, well, you know, we have meetings with senators lined up. And then it's kind of like, well, in my opinion, if you have meetings with any politician, it should be transparent. Like there should be like memos and you should re release it to the public. I don't know, like, you know, but like, so that was also kind of a grievance that I had. And then, so I, I expressed this to them and then they blocked me um, to answer your question. And then I was like, oh, fuck this shit. Like really, like really, like the the porn union is mad at me. Like why, how did I get the porn stars union like mad at me? And so I was like, you know, it's not gonna go viral the same as my original videos, but I'm just gonna share on Twitter and message the people who I think would reshare. And I was like, just so you know, this happened. Like it, it's like a miss, it's misinformation in a way. And so I hope that answers your question, but it, it was like a, it was like a grievance and I'm a little bit ashamed because I was so pissy, but at the same time, you're a union, you know? <laughs> so like, I don't know. I, that's me yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I think mm. it's definitely strange for a union who... I believe should be a little bit more open-minded or at least willing to hear conversations rather than block the person that is trying to reach out to them. I feel like they're stopping something that could help everybody rather than... Mm. I, they're stopping the conversation. They're not allowing you to be able to have a platform or to talk to them. Yeah, I mean, I was annoying. So I, it's not the first <laughs> time I've been blocked well, by unions. a little I'm bit rightfully so. I, I don't see, I, I understand where you're coming from with your tweet about that and why, sure, like there's definitely, it's a very vague headline, like this died, sure, okay, great. But I understand what you mean, like it stops the movement. It's like, okay, it's dead. And then all I saw after that was tweets from my sex worker friends being like, oh, it's dead, yay. And then I even was part of that. I don't think I tweeted, but you know, like I definitely talked to some of my friends about it, but it, I didn't even think that it could come back, but of, of course, like it, it just makes sense from what I've seen in the past for different things. Like you said, Sesta Fosta took 13 months 
um, people will continue fighting for this kind of stuff, which is unfortunate for, you know, sex workers' well-beings, and we're constantly on, like, the fight side of things, and, you know, it can be exhausting constantly being on the defense. Um, so thank you for what you're doing with your activism. I'm actually really curious as to, like, you said that you have an activism background besides sucking dick, and I'd really oh, yeah. love to hear more about your activism. And uh, you said there was um, a, a group that you started? Yeah, so, um, well, I don't know about the group that I started. I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, because I started in, um, uh, in college in theater, and then I moved into Asian American studies. And so I'm <laughs> theater, theater kids unite as current sex workers in adulthood. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, get me out of here! I found a way to surround myself with theater kids. I was on the robotics team. This is not what I imagined happening to me. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, and so I moved into Asian American studies in San Francisco, and yeah, San Francisco kind of has like that history of like you know like race anti racist like activism, especially like at the universities. And then I, I was uh, teaching as part of this Filipino, like Asian American, like organization called uh, Pinoy Pinay Educational Partnerships. And so we're like based in like, so that was kind of like my routine, like teaching in like a middle school, like anti-racism and trying to teach like queerness, like middle school students for like a very short time. Um, and then that kind of moved me into like students mentorship, like affairs, like that. a lot of my jobs were like that. And I was like, doing a lot of like writing pedagogy stuff. This is like boring because most people ask about like the drag, you know, like not like the, oh, so, you know, school, <laughs> but like. I'm actually I, personally super interested in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, um, you know, and then I moved. Oh, but, uh, uh, and you know, sex work was kind of concurrent to that because, you know, when I was 18, I, um, I lost my under the table job at a Korean fried chicken restaurant. And so I was like, fuck, I have no money. I have to pay rent. Like, gotta give the white men, you know, like the Bangkok experience. Yeah, you know, I'm not Thai, but like, and then I, but I did that for like a little bit. And then, um, and then it's so interesting because I, I moved into the teaching stuff and then I got into grad school. So I moved to LA to go to UCLA. And then it, it was between that and like Santa Barbara because I also got into UC Santa Barbara's like feminist doc, doctoral program. And so I decided to go to L.A. because I wanted to do drag. So that was like my excuse was like and like fully knowing that I would drop out of grad school. I moved to L.A. and like played the grad school game for like six months. But I only went to like four classes and I was like missing. all. And everyone was like, where the fuck did he go? And then um, and, you know, I was studying sex work and really looking into like race and technology and like affect, things like that, like. And then, um, but it wasn't satisfying. And so like, I moved away from that to do more drag. Cause at that point, like I was just all about drag. This is like early last uh, year and then like late last year before, so 2019, 2020, before the pandemic. And then, um, but that experience of like technology and, you know, studying sex work and studying porn, like kind of led me to really thinking a lot about technology, kind of like from a hum humanities, like really heady, like, you know, like Stanley Kubrick, like robots, like point of view. So law, like law is not my background, but I think like how we interact with technology, like that really is like what I'm obsessed with. And so like, I'm, I'm happy it helped me because I couldn't have imagined like, oh shit, like a year later, you know, I'd be making these weird viral TikToks, you know, about 
censorship. <laughs> so, ooh, let's talk about tech and how people interact with tech. I love um, that. I'm a software engineer, so that's what I was excited to ask you about. So, I guess tell us about your research, your findings. Oh my gosh. Just wherever you want to start. Oh my, I don't know if like your audience would probably like fall asleep. Like I really hope they're not driving because this is about, hopefully if we make them laugh then they won't. But like I was, um, that was macabre, I apologize. But um, I, yeah, I mean, cause you know, my background is in anti-racism. And so I was, my stuff was all about like, it's not like research, research. It's like theorizing, you know, um, and so it was a lot about, this is like my statement. So I didn't ever complete a thesis, but like my, um, my research statement was about like looking into tech, sex technologies, like dildos, webcams, the exchange of tokens, how like your image can appear on thousands of websites at once. And thus like your body is appearing on like thousands of websites at once. And like in the context of like, uh, race and Orientalism, like, what does that mean for like an Asian body? such as myself, or like a body of color, to um, put themselves on the internet and like be digested in that way. Like, what does that mean for like, sex to be this immediate exchange thing and like this global sex economy? And this is like even before OnlyFans was like super huge, but it was still there. Because I was thinking more like chatterbait, you know what I mean? And like, what does it mean for like that to be like, um, like how we interact with sex and race, like in the 21st century, and like how we interact with like the Oriental like specter. And so like, didn't find any answers to that because I left, but that was like my focus. And um, I was really inspired. And I met with um, Murray Miller-Young, who is, and if, oh uh, yeah, this is something your readers, oh, readers, it's not like a column. This is a podcast, but your readers, you know, Murray Miller-Young, who's at UC Santa Barbara, talks a lot about like um, black women and porn um, and kind of like that industry. So she's like a porn historian. And so uh, it's all those people like, but that, you know, if anyone really wants to read like a good book, I think it's called like The Taste of Brown Sugar. And it's about like the history of like black women and like pornography, like this 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like 2000s, like, so that's like an interesting research. Oh, you should have her on totally. Like, and she would know like sex workers as well. Like if you, if you haven't had, but you know, she's like an academic, but a really cool person. Really I funny. I hope we're worthy. Well. Oh my gosh. What a bad bitch. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry to bore you, but that's like my background. Don't worry. So, did not like... bore at all. I'm interested in the term global sex economy. That's the first time I had ever heard those three words together. Yeah. So. Part of my uh, statement of purpose was kind of like, you know, like in, in kind of the the porn research, sex work research, like feminist research, like there is like an awareness of like, you know, the sex trade is online and thus it's like global. You know what I mean? There's not so much research on like the technology, like the dildos, like the, what is the hush, lush, whatever, like vibrating in your asshole. Like, yeah, the lush. The lush. Yes. The love ends something, but like... <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, love it. we love love ads. They're not a sponsor, but we love them. Please sponsor. <laughs> but kind of, uh, so I guess to put it in the context of Cecilia, there is this global sex economy now, and OnlyFans is like the just for fans the best example of that. How like the sex trade kind of um, maybe has really liberated itself from like in person kind of policing because thanks to like Section Two Thirty and all these like 
the way the internet has been built, which, which is slowly going to change now, which is scary, um, you know, sex work has mostly-ish been allowed to exist in relative peace online, up until FOSTA SESTA, up until like all the social media crackdowns. And so, um, you know, my research was like kind of in, was directly writing about that in a different, but kind of like, oh, here's like this different way to perceive it along race and technology. But along lines of law, kind of like the subject of the podcast today, segue, but like uh, it's, we're seeing like more and more like legislation that is trying to like regulate the global sex economy that is online. And so like Section 230, which is gonna like, that is kind of why OnlyFans, Just for Fans, Pornhub, like whatever, Reddit, Twitter, like why they exist. Um, you know, is kind of being attacked by like both parties in the United States. And because so most social media platforms are housed in the US, that would kind of affect sex workers globally. You know what I mean? Because it's like internationally, people, unless there's like censorship in the country, people are using like just for fans, only fans, like Reddit, Twitter, to make a living. Uh, but it's scary because there's more, as Cecilia says, and this is why like on the subject of it's not dead, like the the if you think the regulation has stopped, it hasn't. It's just really gaining momentum. And especially in context of like all the Section 230 controversy because of like Donald Trump. And so it's like, I don't know. Get those email lists ready because if OnlyFans shuts down, you know, we're gonna be sending Ravens to like sell SD card porn. That's an incredible <laughs> and really sad people. way to think about it. Um, one thing that I love about, I don't know if you follow Amberly PSO, yeah. um, but they have a great platform where they talk a lot about just like safety and being prepared for what will happen in case like just always having a backup plan and email lists are definitely on that. Like you said, email is going to be the one of the only things that we're going to be able to communicate with each other if they keep shutting down our platforms. Um, are there other things that you've seen like other platforms or something that you think is going to stick around or what do you think may be taken away from sex workers in the future? Is there any research or just any like projections you think you would see? Oh, Lord. So, I mean, so as a sex worker and as someone who like has sold content online, like I really do. If you ask me again, not to be like doomsday, I really do think. You know, I mean, because, you know, like, OnlyFans is so already, like, anti-sex work. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people don't want to think, like, it's already so, like, policing, monitoring of, like, what you can post. Already, like, screwing so many people over. And there's all these, like, theories as to, like, why OnlyFans, who, like, that dude who owns it and, like, how he runs scams. And so, like, I've talked to other sex workers who are, like, you know, like, be really be prepared to switch platforms I think that um, Section 230, which is part of the Communications Decency Act, and that is what makes websites not liable for being sued by what users post. Like, I do think that that in like the next however many years, very soon, even under a Democratic Congress, will be reformed in some way. But because what Democrats have shown is that like the legislation against it is so sweeping, and they just want to coerce people, what platforms that kind of like banning content through vague language. I do think um, we are, it, this is just the age now where like Cecilia introduced it, Ernit introduced it, Fosta Sesta really was one of the first to introduce it, um, where the subscription model is, you know, getting under attack, like selling your own content online is going to be under attack. 
Um, I think another prediction I have, and this is, you know, I'm not like a, I'm not like a legal scholar. I just like sort of went to grad school, sort of have friends who do sex work, sort of like, you know, entertain the white street daddies online. Like, um, I think hopefully what we can maybe hope for, I don't know. I don't know what you think about this, if you want to respond, but like if bigger platforms co-opt that OnlyFans model, because there's so much like perilousness, like OnlyFans and then followed by just for fans being like the only way you can really monetize and really like ways that appeal to like the public. You know what I mean? Um, I think the model, I don't think the model is going away, but it's going to be attacked a lot of these big tech platforms, there should be more regulation. Why do they have to start with this? Can't they start with like anything more important? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Can't they start with like the fascism? You know what I mean? Like, like, oh my God, misinformation (laughs) is so dangerous. And I was listening to a really good podcast. Um, Shelby recommended it to me. I'm blanky on the name. You're wrong about, and it was talking about losing relatives to Fox News and how people will see headlines and if they see it over and over again, that little nugget becomes like what they think is fact. But there are so many misleading headlines. I see misleading headlines on Facebook all the time. I read the articles, I report it, I go back to the source. People people care, but they don't, like people don't give a fuck because journalists are still doing it, clearly. So if all regulation, <laughs> Why sex workers first? I don't, and I don't think any of us can answer that. Gwenadora actually posted something right when when your talk, TikTok went viral and everyone was talking about Sissia about how sex workers are the guinea pigs on what kind of cyber laws can be passed and the kind of censorship that they can do. So it's probably it. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like, I think. Oh, sorry, we're gonna say something. I don't really have a thought. <laughs> um, I, well, um, it's definitely also related to SESTA-FOSTA, as we know, which was the bill that took away liability. So it actually, uh, from the people who posted, but put the liability on the companies. So Facebook is now liable for all porn or whatever that's uploaded because of sex trafficking, quote unquote. Um, actually, I, I think we talked about this in a past episode, but Facebook is, has like thousands more cases of sex trafficking and child porn than um, Pornhub does. So that's a whole nother conversation. But oh my gosh, I did not know it's that. Really, uh, uh, Ashley Lake uh, on Twitter did a great thread about it. But SESTA FOSTA was one of the main reasons that we've started seeing these implications of us getting shot down is because SESTA FOSTA created, you know, liability onto the company, but it was for sex trafficking. So they think that they are trying to be vigilant and do all the things to be able to not be liable, but they're doing it with sex workers first because of course, technically, if we're exploiting ourselves, it's technically sex trafficking ourselves, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard because I'm not exploiting myself, Mm -hmm. I don't believe. Um, but under the definition of like soliciting or anything like that's now, um, in the Instagram terms of service that just came out on December 20th, 
no more posting links. Like, actually, even celebrities have been uh, suspended for posting their OnlyFans links. I know a bunch of my friends have. Um, there's a lot of things that are definitely happening against sex workers constantly, I think because of SESTA-FOSTA, but then we constantly have these new bills like SESIA, um, or people just trying to reintroduce things because they just want to, like, they're like, this is not enough. I still see people in bikinis on Instagram and I'm uncomfortable. My penis cannot handle this. Too much horny. What to do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that, you know, it's really interesting that you bring that up, like, because the legislation that like sex workers are exploiting themselves, like kind of going back to the notion that like it, the censorship and oppression is bipartisan. If I'm not wrong, I think that um, like that was introduced by like the Clinton administration because um, the Trafficking Victims Prevention Act in like 2000, which was like authored by Bill Clinton, like that was the, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really know, but like, that was the bill that was that determined a voluntary sex work is is legally the same as trafficking. So like even before like the internet was like the internet, it kind of created the grounds for like sex workers to be prosecuted even more along the lines of anti-trafficking law. And then it's also international because the United Nations, like the same year, which was 2000s, 2000, they <laughs> they said the same thing as well. And so it was like this resolution that the United States and the UN passed the same year. And then the UN, I think, was asked to like clarify it in 2014. And then like they reiterated like, oh, yeah, voluntary sex work is like sexual abuse and sex trafficking. And so it's like. I don't know, like, how can you escape? You know what I mean? It's just, like, really scary. And all these laws are, like, combining. And then all the... And it's interesting to note that, like, even... Even if... Even if, like, nothing is passed, like, officially, the platforms on their own will just censor in response to, like, the atmosphere, of, like, the legal atmosphere. So, like, I don't really know if anything... Correct me if I'm wrong, again, if, like, was really passed before like the latest like Instagram crackdown, like they just decided to do it because it was just like, well, this is just like the conversation and like the capital is like, you know, this, you know, censoring, banning NSFW content because of trafficking. And so like all these social platforms are just doing that. Even ironically, even OnlyFans is like doing that, cracking down like in a, in a what is it like, um, uh, what's, there's like a word. It's not like gross, obscene. Like, obscene stuff is not allowed to be published. And it's like, isn't your whole website obscene? Like, like the non-sex workers are only 10% or 11 of, like, their income, their profit. So. Yeah, they, I, I do remember when I joined OnlyFans in 2018, it was more... It was, like, sex workers. It was definitely... The credit card processors and everything, like, they set it up so it would be available for sex workers or else we wouldn't be using it today. Patreon and stuff, their credit card processors don't like that people were posting uh, NSFW stuff, so they started cracking down on sex workers, which is why they started moving to OnlyFans, which is what I did. And it's very interesting to see just, like, these uh, platforms that were technically made for us but censoring us at the same time I know I personally have had emails I've had to delete hundreds of posts because they had content that quote-unquote wasn't allowed even though it's allowed on a lot of other things so it's Pete so Pete isn't allowed on OnlyFans but yet you can squirt on OnlyFans so it's like you could technically say that I'm squirting but like I'm not 
like we all know it. <laughs> but um, even with that, or you can't solicit for other websites on there, they'll ask you to take things down. So I do know that a portion of their people are not adult creators. I know that they made that website and they're just, they're constantly pushing that. They I have never pushed um, or promoted an adult creator ever. They only do like baseball, basketball players, musicians. They only talk about everything around it because they know that they can make money off of us and they know that they can just use us to be able to like Bella Thorne made them millions of dollars of course and just all these different people constantly joining to put their nudes out there and they're just wanting to make money and be a part of the platform so I know that there are people out there and they're pushing that but they're absolutely censoring and trying to push us out which is so unfortunate because (laughs) where do we go next? It's constantly from one site to another. They did that with Tumblr. They did that with, um, even now Twitter, I was wearing a thong and unfortunately that is too much booty, um, in my header. So they had me change it and I was almost, uh, suspended for a few days because of it. So there's definitely a lot of censorship happening, whether or not these bills are being actually passed or dying or whatever, I, this is just constantly a battle of, okay, where do we go next? Have a backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. Always have multiple sources of income. It's just very difficult for us out there for sure. Um, But I, I think what me and a lot of other sex workers really appreciated about your TikTok was... It was so informative in the 60 seconds that you had, because I know you said you couldn't put everything, but gosh, there was a lot of information in there and then things that I hadn't even heard. So you mentioned something about like, was it child pornography or like um, there was something about underage or that they wouldn't check or, oh, because of the age of consent, right? Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's part of like the, why the bill was like so poorly written was because it made um, the... You know, there's a part in the bill that specifies uploads should be according to state age of consent law. The issue is that, like, some states have, like, age of consent laws that are, like, under the age of 18. And so with even the writing of the bill doesn't make sense, which kind of shows that, like, the people making the legislation don't really know what they're writing about. They just know what they want to not see and and censor and who they kind of want to, like, oppress and, like, limit on the internet. It's interesting. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you for saying that there was like information in it. Like, I'm so happy. You like, you know, like you do not know the amount of people who were like, this fucking idiot pronounces it as cake, like a fucking pastry. It's pronounced cash. And I was like, hundreds of messages. (laughs) Okay, that aside, (laughs) people love to I think that's also why things on TikTok get viral is because people put something in the background or they say one word wrong and that's all they comment on so like I think that was just helping you get people to see it I'm sorry that you had trolls but I think it helped expand who saw your stuff which I think is really really true it got me to like the tech bro crowd like and then um the tech rows can literally be the fucking worst. I Oh my god. Like I mean, I deal with them like so many were like I don't like so many people were just oh I like I don't give a shit like if porn gets taken away it's gross. 
And I'm like, you are like the ones like coming your pants. Like, excuse me, like what is gonna happen to like, like you're the one who's also gonna suffer. Like everyone will be hurt. And then, um, oh, and then like after, um, after that, like a lot of the messages were also, as you were saying, Cactus with like, oh, people being like overwhelmed. There was so many people messaging me who were just like, oh my God, like what do I do? Like, I'm so sad. Like this is giving me like a panic attack. Which is like right. That's like that is a, a a righteous way to react. And then I was I was like responding to all these people. I was like, you really have to believe in your resiliency because like you know, Foss assessed the past, and then OnlyFans became a bigger thing than it was. So like, you, there's no telling what platform will come out or how people will make a living. Like it it will happen. You know what I mean? But like like trust that you can survive. And then it came to this point where I was just like so tired because I was getting all this hate and all this, all like the tech bros, like what you're saying, Emily, were just, oh. and then like some people like making furry art were just, yeah, fuck that shit. And it's like, you know, like the bill talks about like lewd hand-drawn content. So like even people in like hand-drawn kinks, like that was going to be suspended too. And then like, I got so tired and then I was kind of doing the wrong thing, which is I was trying to respond to every single person. And some of my friends were like, that was so noble of you, but we can see why you're so tired. And then I was just so burnt out. And then I told someone who is a sex educator and um, whose name is La Femme Papi um, on, on uh, Instagram, really cool person, also an educator, San Francisco. And then, like, this person sent, like, this really, like, beautiful, like, three-minute message that was, like, I see what you're doing. You're probably really tired. And so, like, here's how to take care of yourself. Like, at, like completely out of nowhere. I just got, like, this really long message. And I was, like, oh, fuck. It's, like, here's, like, this three-minute audio message of someone calling me, like, a fag. I don't fucking know. And so it, it really showed me, like, the power of community. And there's so many ed- educators out there. Even people, like, kind of on their own, like me, just, like, doing TikTok, like, doing Instagram posts, like, even this podcast, um, that it was just, it was a really beautiful kind of experience because there was just so much, like, humanity, even if people were, like, you're a fucking idiot because it's pronounced cash. Like, there was, like, a lot of really cool people. (laughs) I bet, I bet most of them don't even understand how caching works, for fuck's sake. I don't know how it works. And they were like, this idiot doesn't know how it fucking works. And I was like, you're right. Like, I don't fucking know. But like, I don't know, people buy my nudes. So like, at least like, you know, I can like, I have something to say. Like, like, but I was just just, like. That's so unnecessary of them. I was like, I don't care. Like, and then I was like, if cookies is pronounced cookies, why is cake pronounced cash? It should be cake. Like, it's all pastry themed. Like desserts. That's my ADHD mnemonic. The internet is just one big bakery. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And so like, but all sides of the internet, and then like you know the alt, like the right, like the conservative side of uh, Instagram discovered my Instagram, and then like I was blocking so many people, as I'm sure you three have done. I'm sure. But like, I was like, holy fuck. And it's so funny because I don't know if we have to wrap up soon, but like I made that TikTok and like 12 hours had passed. And then me and like my partner were going to watch like Lord of the Rings. And then we were about to watch the first one because I've never seen it. And then I was just like, oh, 
like I made this TikTok, like I only had like 10 views. Like I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm happy it's there, but like I wish it had gone viral. And then like halfway through, because those movies are like 10 hours long, like because the movie is basically a documentary about uh hobbit about like dwarves walking. I don't know if that's the politically correct term, but like yeah, exactly. So like halfway through we paused and then like it just blew up in the span of like an hour. And I was like, oh my God, my wish came true. And now I know it's pronounced cash. That's the real moral of this here is that it's pronounced cash. That's the only thing we really wanted to tell yeah. you guys through this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's okay. I had a TikTok that got 300 likes and I was also getting cyber bullied. And I was like, damn, this is what fame feels like. That's crazy. Like why? Like why even? And then like I was spreading the hate back. But before I was triggered into doing that, I was like, I was entertained by it because I was you know, like, I'm here, like, living my best life. Like, it impacts your ability in my mind, like, to manifest and, like, make stuff happen if you just post hate. Because it's like, if you're posting hate, what does that say about your personal relationships or, like, your, like, your level of busyness? Like, it just means that you're just being a hater. Like, like, you're not adding to your life because you're, like, living in, like, negative energy. I don't know. That's, like, my, my spiritual, like, reading of it. Amazing. Well, Leia, we are coming up on time, but I want to hear about the XOXO show. Oh my gosh. I'm so surprised you asked about that. Um, So, you know, me and my uh, friend who, Cielito uh, Thea, and they are a screenwriter and kind of film buff filmmaker in, um, in LA. And we kind of, we were, they were in grad school when I was an undergrad. And that's how we met was through like teaching and like organizing. But we moved to LA kind of at the same time. And then uh, we're both huge fans of drag and all forms of drag. And we were just like, oh, we want to make... And we're both like trans, non-binary. So we were like, yeah, let's make like this Black, Indigenous, POC inclusive show um, with just trans uh, and gender expansive, gender non-conforming like people. And like, um, and then uh, we haven't had one in a bit because like really COVID, uh, COVID got to our families and also the stress with COVID got to our families. So we have to put it on the back burner. So the show is still growing, but um, yeah, that we're, that's like our project. And we, I've always wanted to host and they've always wanted to produce. And so um, our first show, which was in like September, I forgot how much we raised. It was over like, I want to say $2,000. So we were able to pay all our performers like a big, like when it split, like a good, not really great, but like a good amount of money. Yeah, thank you for clapping. But like, <laughs> they can't hear because like our microphones are muted, but Cactus was just clapping. And so um, <laughs> it's like, I have to lie about it. So your audience thinks that like you're happy about it. I am genuinely but, um, happy. <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to bring it back like February or March or like in the spring, um, early spring. But if, you know, if you're a, a trans performer, a performer of any kind, we've had like drag artists, comedians, uh, musicians, people who do spoken word. Um, so if any listener, anyone you know is uh, is of that, um, a gender expansive person of color, or even just like an ally and want to like support, um, yeah, check us out. We're um, XOXO The Show on Instagram. And um, I am uh, Leia underscore Salonganisa on Instagram. And Salonganisa is like this Filipino pun for people like wondering why my last name is so complex. I'm definitely going to start following XOXO the show right now, like on my Instagram. It's up. Uh, That sounds really incredible. Is there a way that you can watch things online? Is there 
Do you do yeah. uh, live shows or is there a way that we yes. can support the show? Oh, wait. Uh, so, I mean, always I'm doing something uh, semi-frequently. I have a show this Saturday. So I guess the day after this podcast comes out, um, uh, I have an SF online show. And on my Instagram, which is Leia underscore Salonganisa, so my name, I, uh, I'm i always just having shows. And then we're going to bring back XOXO the show. And um, I'm also raising money for my friend, one of my best friends, Serena, who's trying to get um, her uh, you know, uh, gender affirmative surgery. So that's also on my Instagram if anyone's interested in donating to my friend. And there's also, um, just to also plug, uh, there's also donating to organizations like the Sex Sex Workers Outreach Project in LA, like the organizations that are doing in-person and also like online adv- advocacy. So Sex Workers Outreach Project. There's St. James Infirmary in San Francisco, which is like a peer-to-peer client, um, a sex worker uh, health and community clinic. And there's also, um, oh my gosh, there's another organization that you can donate and check out, which is called, it's like forward slash forward slash, it's like online. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I totally blanked. Hacking Hustling. Hacking Hustling, yes. Hacking Hustling dot org hacking forward slash forward slash hustling yeah and then and then i always say like you support your nsfw creators like subs- that was the time to subscribe because it might go away so send us your money and then um subscribe and just you know all um nsfw and lewd and creators online of all- they really need your support so just please circulate the money and keep the economy going Leia, you wrap that up beautifully. Usually we have to like prompt people and be like, hey, now plug all your stuff. But you did that. Oh. You didn't even have to say anything. Amazing. You know, I've had my fair share of like interviewing people. And so sorry if I was like really taking the risk. Oh, no, this is awesome. Like, thank you, know, you. I've also. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And I really love the work you're doing. And, you know, I'm so, it's such a great experience to be here so thank you so much yeah thank you so much for being on the show with us and for those listening Leia's episode is going to be on our website candygirlpodcast.com along with a bunch of other fun things that you can find on our website or you can find our Instagram at candygirlpodcast or our Twitter at candygirlpod um thank you so much for listening and we will hear from you guys next Friday Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs>